Good morning. Welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. And today is our opportunity to talk with city officials here in the city of Manhattan. And we have uh, City Manager Ron Fear in studio with us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Brandon. And Commissioner Wynn Butler is here as well. Good morning. Good morning, Brandon. Pleasure to have you both in here and uh, really good timing to have you in after yesterday's uh, major announcement. We'll talk about that and uh, what that means here for the city tonight and, and much more. And uh, we'll certainly take phone calls. I'm sure there's people that have questions. Uh, if you've got a question or concern, uh, just want to know a little bit more about this uh, project and what it means for the future, 785-537-1350. We'll try to answer those best as we can here. Uh, I, I, we've got to start with what happened yesterday. I want to start and get your reaction here. Um, I know you've probably been working on this for quite some time, uh, Mr. Fear, but uh, seeing this come to fruition, this is a big deal for the city of Manhattan and really the whole region. really is, Brandon. Thank you. Yes, we have been uh, working on it for quite some time. Uh, it's been a, a good uh, partnership effort, uh, and certainly uh, the, the state has had a, a leadership role in, in this recruitment, uh, but I think uh, it this particular company just really aligned with a lot of our partners, uh, especially K-State, uh, certainly a lot of credit to uh, their team and led by uh, former President Myers and General Myers. That was a, a key initiative. Uh, the congressional delegation was involved as well, as well as uh, governor's office and Department of Commerce. And, and uh, looking at uh, various different sites uh, around the region and, and the company selected the site out on XL Road in Pottawatomie County. So uh, there were actually uh, a couple of different sites uh, that invoked, and, and at one time uh, there were two buildings, uh, one going in each county. So <laughs> it was uh, there was a lot of moving parts to it. Uh, eventually they, they settled on uh, some efficiencies and putting it all under one roof, which is a very big roof, uh, 550,000 square feet, uh, you know, roughly more than nine football fields. So that's, that's a big space. Um, and so, but it's very exciting. Um, you know, I, I, I had the opportunity to, to be involved in the NBAF recruitment. And, and I remember President Weefall commenting about uh, how that was really a, a game changer for the community. And it's unfortunate that uh, he's passed away and haven't, hasn't seen this uh, big fruition come to come together. And I think it could be a very big catalyst for us. There's just a a lot of good relationships. Uh, the Biosecurity Research Institute was one of the big reasons we were able to land NBAF, and, and this uh, company was very impressed uh, with their ability to do some things, just to, to also be able to work with them to create uh, training programs, as well as the Manhattan Tech College, and then uh, uh, certainly the ability to, uh, uh, they do work in, in uh, defense industry, so that having that relationship and being able to attract uh, soldiers that are leaving service or retiring from Fort Riley or another uh, great avenue for, for future employees. So I, I think it's a really good fit for us. Uh, you know, we've got uh, certainly got a lot of work yet to do, uh, but uh, uh, we worked uh, worked hard on it to, to land them, and, and now we just got to bring them home. Yeah, certainly. And, uh, you know, what we're trying to – rank this on certain economic development projects here in the Manhattan area. It's it's up there. I don't know. Maybe NBAF's the biggest, but it's pretty close. I, I would say it's it's 
it's on that scale. So MBAF originally was an $800 million project. It grew uh, because the design changed, but originally it uh, well, that's what it was. You know, the, the, the pluses on this side, it's a private sector, it's got corporate income tax, it's got property tax. So, so the ultimate return on investment, I think, will be uh, substantially higher. But certainly uh, the fact that we had MBAF and the BRI were, were significant influencers uh, for this company's uh, reason to pick pick this pick Manhattan uh, and K-State and and Kansas so uh, it'll be a a huge benefit you know over $500 or 500 employees uh, $75,000 average salary those are those are some mile marks that we've uh, not achieved in in most of our economic development prospects and I think our largest uh, so the commission has a resolution of intent in front of them tonight Uh, uh, part of that our package for that is to issue uh, around 560 million in industrial revenue bonds. Uh, again, that that sounds I mean, I think the largest we've ever done before is maybe 80. <laughs> so, it's a pretty big factor, but keep in mind that, that we just did uh, uh, 20 for for Metal Arc. That process is exactly the same. Again, we're a facilitator in this case. We're not obligated to have no financial risk on the bonds. Uh, they have to line up all of their own financing. So from that, it, it sounds huge, and it is huge, uh, but uh, the, the big benefits of the IRBs are uh, the tax abatement, which was a factor that the company required of all, all candidates uh, that were vying for them. Uh, it, Kansas limits that to a 10-year tax abatement. Um, there's some uh, flexibility on when that tax abatement actually takes effect. So a project like this, which is going to take uh, – couple years to construct, maybe three even, before it's uh, processed. We, they might, in order to maximize that benefit, they may wait till year four to start it, which means we'll get tax revenue uh, in those first few years, which will have a huge return on our investment uh, as part of that process. So there's some, there's some flexibility there that uh, could act, absolutely have immediate returns uh, to, to our uh, uh, incentive package. So those are those are that aspect. The other benefit of the RBs, it does allow for uh, sales tax exemption on construction materials. So that's big on a project like this. Um, and so that's the the other big benefit uh, that the, the IRBs have. Then the other piece is a eight million dollar uh, assistance package. So it'd be in the form of a forgivable loan uh, that's coming from our economic development funds. And that would be something that uh, will be there'll be a agreement that will need to be negotiated as part of our regular application process. So both the IRBs and the Economic Development Agreement will have an application process. Tonight's action is really the intent to pursue those uh, and that we're uh, excited about having them uh, in town and looking forward to working with them on finalizing those agreements. When I'll bring you in on the conversation. Yeah, the important thing there, you hear these large numbers of city managers throwing out, but that has no impact on the city's bottom line. This doesn't add to the city debt or anything. Uh, the only actual city money that may be going here is like $8 million, the economic development. But remember, that comes from the sales tax that was passed, and it's money fenced for this particular purpose. I mean, that's why we did it. And so it, it's going to be well spent. And, and as far as size goes, I think MBAF, we put $5 million into that. This is going to be eight, so it's actually, you know, if you look at economic development, this is a bigger project money-wise than MBAF, but it also, as Ron said, uh, surely has the potential to do a little bit of payoff. Like I was just looking at, uh, you know, immediately we're going to get a lot of sales tax if 500 people move here, and and you assume they're going to spend a portion of their salary here, and just my calculations are that, uh, 
you know, that would end up being somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, $1.7 million a year in sales tax from if people spent half their salary in town that would, that would go across, uh, you know, Pot County, uh, Riley County, uh, City of Manhattan. So that's going to be a pretty substantial return. And just it, just looking at, at, at the uptick in sales tax. And remember, the city lives a lot on sales tax. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's what I'm counting on a little bit here. That's an immediate return. If it takes 10 years to get property tax, that's the long-term return. But there will be an immediate return. Plus, you're going to have construction crews in here. And just like MBAF, you know, we saw a nice little uptick in uh, hotel occupancy and things when the construction crews are here. So there's going to be a lot of immediate return on this project. Yeah, I, I was just going to echo what Wynn said about uh, construction. You know, it's going to be a multi-couple-year construction process, and, and it'll be similar to MBAF and the hundreds of construction workers uh, working on that facility. So the, the impact alone of the construction will be in, incredible, um, and that's something that you'll probably hear tonight from some of the indicators and the analysis that's been done. And, and then just the, the spinoff effect of uh, the impact of having that many employees in an area, and, and so the subsequent development to help meet that need. Uh, I think the company said there would be 700 direct, indirect jobs that mm-hmm. were created as a result of this uh, uh, in the region. So uh, it's, it's an exciting project, and it's, it's, a, it's very, uh, very big for our, our area, and, and we're very pleased uh, that uh, we were able to land it for sure. It's a huge building. I was talking to some of the uh, construction contractors last night at one of the functions, and he said when you saw that rendition of the building, it has scorpion on the side. The letters are 40 feet tall. Oh, really? To put that in perspective, (laughs) 40 feet tall. Wow. It's very big. (laughs) Well, And obviously you needed a a good chunk of land to do that. They chose the land over there on uh, 24 in Excel. I I suppose it's obviously big enough there. I didn't... It's, it's hard to get a real good perspective when you drive by, but that piece of land right now, not in the city of Manhattan, they'll have to annex that, right. and uh, that's not that's, taking place tonight. But. No, no, and that's that, that would be part of the process, and that'll be one of the early early items that, that gets done uh, as we move forward with it. It'll be an island annexation of that particular area, so the Pottawatomie County Commission uh, will be involved in that process as well. Uh, I think they passed their resolution of intent uh, for their economic package, which I think is $5 million, uh, that they're contributing or proposed to contribute. Uh, again, they've got to go through that same process of finalizing the, the written agreements uh, for that process. But uh, obviously, uh, you know, that is an area I think that they're looking at uh, around 35 acres uh, for that to be uh, located on, and, and there's certainly significant land there. Uh, there's been in some improvements, but uh, we know there'll need to be more improvements to, to help with traffic and different aspects of that. And so part of that will be, you know, a transportation study, traffic study, storm drainage study, all of those things uh, uh, that will be coming forward as part of that process to annex, rezone, and, and plot. Certainly a traffic signal, I would think, probably oh, yeah. at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I saw a number of things out on social media, people saying, oh, this is terrible, Manhattan's annexing this because we're greedy. But the company wants to be annexed. Yeah. You know, that, that's part of the package because they they want to have the advantage of the city fire department, police department, those kind of things. I think it would help them with their insurance in the long run. So it's not a case of, you know, they decided to come here and then the city decided to annex. It's a case of this was part of the entire package, that they wanted to be in the city limits. And they'll have some utility aspects, too. So we have our water main that is adjacent to that site already, uh, and, and they'll have to have a pretreatment program 
uh, for that. So it's it's a lot that our folks will be dealing with uh, directly. As far as the police protection, now that that's interesting because we have a consolidated police department. It's in another county. Uh, how does that complicate things, if any? I just... So it, it really doesn't, I don't think, other than it, it's a little bit further for RCPD to respond to something specifically. But, I mean, we deal with that now, just, you know, all of the Walmart and Menards, mm. all of that area is in the city of Manhattan sure. in Pato Atomy County. So it, it is a consolidated law enforcement, but it's also, first and foremost, a police department for the city. So they, they function in that in that aspect. Okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, of course, uh, going to bring a lot of jobs here to the Manhattan area, and that's uh, always exciting. So congratulations on landing it. I, I know that it was a lot of partnerships uh, had to be forged here, and it's certainly uh, going to be interesting to watch over the next few years. Thank you, Brandon. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, more in focus in a moment here on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus, News Radio KMAN. Here with our city officials, uh, City Manager Ron Fear and uh, Commissioner Wynn Butler, Nick McNamara, also producing things here as well, our city reporter. And uh, City Commission again meets at 7 o'clock tonight with their uh, legislative session. Busy meeting here, obviously with the uh, addition there, but uh, also a pay study going to be uh, discussed here tonight. That's, uh, I don't want to overshadow that, that's certainly a, a big topic of conversation here. And uh, this will be, uh, I guess... The, the first reading, is that right? Yeah, this is uh, the salary ordinance. So the pay study did recommend a, a new uh, uh, salary system, compensation system, and new salary ranges that are a little bit broader and not as many. Um, so this will be a first, first reading of an ordinance to consider that salary ordinance with implementation for a, a, a mid-year adjustment uh, relative to that. And so... Uh, we've identified some ways to be able to fund that uh, now and in the future. We've been year-to-date uh, revenues looking good, and we've been uh, uh, fortunate that, you know, it's been a challenge to uh, retain. you just using 21 figures. We, we lost 72 people, or we gained 72 people, but we lost 65. Uh, so that's not a very big net gain. We still have about 34 vacant positions, and it's just uh, – uh, been difficult to, to retain. Uh, this study showed that there are quite a few people that uh, uh, are below market and, and not as competitive, and so it does recommend some ranges of that uh, to be able to uh, bring them into a more competitive situation. So uh, we'll certainly look forward to the continued discussion with the commission uh, on those aspects. Where's the, where's the biggest holes right now, would you say, as far as uh, not being able to recruit? Uh, it's everywhere, you know, quite frankly, for at, at all levels. Uh, there are uh, just any number. So there's like, uh, I think there's uh, 26 pay grades uh, in this, this particular aspect. And, and there's there's holes in, in, in all of those. But uh, it's, it's just, it's been a challenge. And, and as we've recruited, uh, you know, you don't have as many people applying. Uh, and that's, that's, not just us. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a reality of the labor market right now. With with a less number of employees, it has made some some suggested changes to, to be able to to be more competitive. Uh, but uh, you know, we're we're hoping that this will help us to to be able to make some adjustments and and uh, maintain a, 
uh, competitive aspect and provide a, something we've been working on with our employees, our uh, or, organizational excellent initiative, and, and to try and uh, improve our situation for them to to want to stay and, and be part of our workforce. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. We're getting closer to summertime, and, and I know people are antsy to have all three pools open, but I, I can almost feel that that's maybe not going to be a reality here because of shortages. Actually, uh, you know, because we were open uh, uh, last year, we didn't open all three, but we had enough. And uh, uh, our uh, aquatics supervisor has indicated they feel comfortable that they have enough to open all three. So we we are preparing to open all three. Yeah, I talked to Eddie yesterday. I happened to be by City Hall and just asking about the lifeguard situation because that's always the tie-up. And he said they had the minimum number now. So what that means is they can open, but if you get three people sick one day, you know, there may be some fluctuations in hours. So if you're a lifeguard and you want a job, we have openings. Okay. Keep we that do, in mind. definitely. Keep that in mind. Parks and Rec, that's a big big part of what you guys do here. And, um, you know, obviously with the, them and the, the Sunset Zoo and the Discovery Center, it's been a busy couple of weeks for you guys. You had a lot of celebration. There here were. The I mean, we weeks. were very fortunate to have uh, a lot of some ribbon cuttings with uh, the uh, zoo and, and the Project Asia. Uh, great improvements there at that, that facility. Uh, the parking garage Friday mm-hmm. uh, in Aggieville. I think that'll be a, a great addition to Aggieville to help uh, solve some of our parking challenges there and certainly uh, – uh, influences one of the other items on the agenda tonight uh, to provide some additional uh, capacity uh, to absorb improvements. You know, part of the new vision for Aggieville was uh, increase more density. Uh, and so uh, if you haven't been down and, and looked at the new garage, you have to go in from the 14th Street side. Uh, there's new traffic signal because the contractor's getting ready to start on Manhattan Avenue from Fremont to Bluemont. And so uh, we've still got uh, Laramie and Manhattan blocked off, uh, but there is access, and that the entrance to the garage is off of Laramie. Uh, and then uh, one of the neat features there is uh, the alleyway, uh, Aggie Alley, if you will, that uh, has some really unique uh, history that shows, you know, a picture of Aggieville when uh, there's a couple buildings there, and across the pasture is Anderson Hall sticking up, and, and then how it's progressed uh, over the years. And uh, some neat light fixtures at night with LED lights. Uh, so uh, certainly some opportunities for some selfies and other, other aspects that uh, I think uh, will be enjoyable. We made a second-story connection uh, out of the garage to the Rally House building and a, a new group that uh, invested over a million dollars in that facility and made a total second floor, uh, which used to be open uh, from below. Uh, and they're getting close to being able to open their business in there. And certainly that parking will, will help them uh, as they relocate from downtown uh, to Aggieville with uh, a good number of employees and several shifts. I think I heard from Nick. Uh, Nick, right, the alleyway was your favorite part, right? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Well, mainly because um, I walk through Aggieville a lot. I live adjacent in City Park West. So getting through the district has been kind of like you just trace the perimeter. By opening up that alleyway, it's a straight shot right in. So it makes my walk much more convenient. So that just out of a selfish reason, I truly love it. Also, the design is really nice. I, I'm a fan of Dan Walter and his Facebook and his uh, books that he's put out as well on Aggieville history. So having some of his uh, work up there is nice to see. Thanks, Nick. Oh. And uh, for now, parking's free. I know there will be a parking study at some point. Uh, imagine 
you know, that that's something to be probably talked about, what, over the summer? Definitely will, the summer, fall. So one of the things that's influenced that delaying some of that has been just that's one of the pieces that uh, there is uh, – uh, there is uh, a back order on. So some of the parts uh, for we're, we're going with a video detection system uh, for enforcement. Uh, mm. we, we have a lot of security cameras there now currently, but the, the way that they uh, video detect users and how those users pay and register online with a mobile app, uh, there's uh, that'll be something that we'll be discussing with the commission, not just for the garage, but for the the area of Aggieville as well. And as long as we're out there constructing and rebuilding infrastructure in the street, we certainly uh, want to be cooperative with the businesses because they're certainly feeling that and and probably not the best to to start uh, inserting a uh, pay-to-park from that standpoint. So that's really what's uh, impacting some of that delay. All right. Uh, Robert's standing by with a question or a comment. Go ahead, Robert. Back to the discussion about the 30 uh, open slots you have at the city for hiring, for instance, uh, when you negotiate the star bond uh, with the Scorpion, uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd insist that they pay a prevailing wage. You've got so many of the Texas boys come up here with no... uh, with their Texas license tags and their pickup trucks and and not being licensed in this area to do the construction work, um, th- then they don't pay the fees for licensing the trucks or uh, or even having the license in their trade of choice. And it would, we can either be engineered into the job as qualified construction people, or we can be engineered out of the job. And, and it would be your choice, and we'd appreciate your input to that. Thank you so much. So a I'll, I'll, little bit uh, of different aspects there, but uh, you know one of the things with uh, Scorpion is that uh, you know their their manufacturing building being in the city, we we do require uh, all contractors to be licensed uh, to do those trades in the city. So that's a, a advantage of being uh, in the city, and and actually the agreement we have with Pot County there in the Blue Township area requires it as well. So. Um, yeah, I, you know, the 30th some position I was talking about were city employees that we have vacancies, so a little bit of different aspects there. But uh, we certainly uh, uh, understand what you're, we're visiting about. And, uh, again, those are going to be uh, highly paid individuals that uh, are going to be working on that facility. Yeah, the actual jobs there, the average is over 70K. And, and you mentioned star bonds. This has nothing to do with star bonds. Uh, this is not in the star bond district, not involved at all. Thank you for the call. We'll uh, continue and focus in a moment here and take a break. And we'll continue in a moment here on News Radio KMAN. We're back on In Focus, News Radio KMAN. I'm up on uh, it's 936 here. If you've got any phone calls, we'll take them here before 10 o'clock, 785-537-1350. We're uh, again talking with our city officials, Ron Fear, city manager, and Wynn Butler, city commissioner, uh, going through tonight's agenda for the uh, city commission Legislative meeting, uh, we were talking about Aggieville here, and uh, one of the items there for uh, consideration is uh, agreements for the development and transfer of the Aggieville parking lot at 12th and Laramie, uh, otherwise known as the Fuse Project, and uh, design for improvements to 12th and Laramie Streets. And uh, that right now, for for those who don't know, that that's a parking lot uh, at the moment, and uh, 
planned uh, kind of similar project, uh, maybe in a way to the current Aggieville parking garage. Isn't that right? It's quite a bit. It's, it has minimal parking. Uh, okay. So it has basically some ground level parking uh, proposed. And, and so the commission uh, did enter into a pre-development agreement with uh, this group, uh, Back Nine Development and their, and their team last year. Uh, that envisioned uh, leading to a development agreement. At that time, they had proposed uh, uh, an improvement uh, that was going to run that whole half block, uh, mm-hmm. basically from 12th Street uh, to uh, more Manhattan Avenue uh, and then on the south side of Laramie. The city has a lot that occupies about two-thirds of that space. Then there's a small parking lot, and then there's the, the Chipotle business uh, with their parking lot. They weren't able to acquire uh, the Chipotle property, uh, so they've refined it uh, their project a little bit, and but they are still uh, uh, proposing it to, to be a uh, five-story building, uh, and there's a kind of concept uh, layout of the, the floor plans uh, that uh, will be shared uh, tonight. It's in it's an attachment to the uh, development agreement uh, currently as an exhibit, so it, people can see some of the outlines. But it's a uh, uh, about a uh, hundred and seven thousand. 500 square feet, five-story uh, facility. Again, it would have some parking on the on the ground floor uh, for that on the underneath side of the building. Uh, it would also have about 75,000 square feet of office space, 20,000 square feet of retail space, and about 17,500 of residential space, which is uh, all up on the fifth floor. Still uh, has kind of a courtyard area that uh, now would face onto 12th Street, before they had shown that a larger courtyard area uh, that was going to face onto Laramie. So those are kind of the changes in the concept, if you will, uh, from their previous proposal. So a number of uh, uh, items in front of the commission for discussion tonight and consideration. Uh, one is the development agreement and the real estate transfer agreement to a, with Back 9 and their, their development team to uh, construct the project. They would go into a design uh, phase that uh, they need to have uh, complete before the end of the year. Um, it is it, the development agreement requires them to have a minimum of forty million dollar investment into the property. If they don't achieve that, they have to pay us two point three million dollars for the property. Uh, obviously, this is something that uh, is going to help our tax increment financing district uh, to the tune of about ten to fifteen million, roughly. Uh, and will uh, certainly help pay for some of the other infrastructure improvements. The other uh, public project now that would be associated with this uh, would be the improvements to 12th and Laramie Street. So uh, if folks can think a little bit about uh, when the courtyard by Marriott went in at the beginning of the TIF district, uh, we improved 12th Street. We increased uh, the size of the, again, all of these uh, areas were upgrading our infrastructure there, increasing, uh, replacing older water lines, increasing their capacity, uh, replacing sanitary sewer, storm sewer, uh, those different aspects. And so if you remember, we created a, a half block there between the alley and Morrow Street on South on South 12th there. Um, and then so the proposal is for 12th, this section between Morrow and Laramie to actually be a permanent pedestrian plan that could accommodate uh, especially vehicle use and emergency vehicle use. Uh, and that's something that will be obviously discussed uh, considerably as they get into this design process. Um, 
as to whether or not it, it should be a permanent closure or just a, a you know something like we've done in the half block to to the other to the north side of Morrow. So, uh, but at the same time, the uh, contract uh, with Olson and Associates and their team is for that uh, engineering design work for uh, upgrading and replacing and putting in new streetscape for. 12th Street between Morrow and Laramie, and then also Laramie Street uh, between 12th and Manhattan. So taking care of all the infrastructure and upgrading of the infrastructure uh, in conjunction with the adjacent construction. So uh, that that seems to the other the other unique approach to this is that we're recommending the commission enter into a uh, construction manager at risk. This uh, with the team that is building. Uh, the facility for back nine, and that would be BHS Construction, uh, is who they've hired. That's to uh, get economies of scale and also uh, coordinate uh, with the same builder that's also building the private in- infrastructure, is building the, the public infrastructure. And this particular phase one would be pre construction services for them for about 15000 I don't think I mentioned the uh, contract with Olson Associates for the public infrastructure, uh, which also would include some improvements to the alley uh, between, uh, and, and not, not like we talked about with the parking garage, but just infrastructure improvements to the alley uh, are needed. Uh, from uh, a lot of our water, sewer, electrical, uh, and some of the other services that that are there. So uh, that's a, a big piece of that, and that contract is about 568000 It's a, qu- quite an interesting uh, – ch- it would be quite an interesting change from what's currently there. It almost looks like, um, if you've been to Kansas, downtown Kansas City, like a mini power and light. Yeah, I, you know, that's some of the concepts for increasing the density in Aggieville was to create uh, certainly uh, uh, 75,000 square feet of office space uh, is a significant aspect. And, and certainly that was one of the themes in the uh, design for the, what, what's Aggieville want to be in the future. And uh, we mentioned the, the upgrade to the Rally House uh, second floor with offices going in there and just not a... Uh, something that's been present in Aggieville in any significant amount. So I, th- I think it will help Aggieville. Certainly brings uh, more people down there during the day. Uh, be, we've always had a lot of nighttime visitation there and use, but uh, sometimes uh, not so much during the day. So I think it does uh, certainly will benefit Aggieville uh, and just uh, kind of helps fit part of that vision of increasing that density. Uh, and certainly uh, these type of improvements uh, uh, will have, go a long way in helping to pay for the other infrastructure improvements uh, that are needed in Aggieville to to upgrade uh, and help support uh, that vision. All right. When any thoughts on this project here? It's going to generate some some revenue. Well, I think like. you know if you look uh, if you look back, we had a lot of people concerned when the Marriott went in the city parking lot, but you know city parking lot doesn't generate any money. There's not even parking meters in it. And it's not generating any property tax. So if you're going to grow the city, you know you have to you have to look at these opportunities. And and of course, this project was delayed until the parking garage was open. And of course, it's open. You got five floors of parking. And so, you know, had us all when he was doing the ribbon cutting said, "Well, <laughs> parking solved in Aggieville." Well, not, not entirely a good good joke, but I think we're way ahead of where we were. And of course, this building's generated some concern that uh, if it's full up with office workers. Is that going to cause the parking garage to be overflow? Well, that's speculation right now. I, I don't know. You know, I went down there this weekend to see if the parking garage was full. It wasn't. There's maybe 50, 60 cars in there when I was there. 
you know, we got close to 500 parking places. So there's not a crisis down there right now. Now, if this building's built and you put all these office workers in there, will that overwhelm the parking? I don't know. You know somebody's going to have to study that, and, and we've got some parking people that will work on that. But the other thing is I, I can't envision this building being built, and then the next day it's, it's completely full. It's, it's going to take a while. It's going, to be, it's going to be a slow process. So there'll be some uh, discussion on is this going to make the parking better, worse? You know, is it going to displace people? That, that'll be one of the concerns here, but I think we can work that out. And, and the TIF district is, is absolutely fantastic. I mean, that's what's paying for all this improvement. And people have been concerned, oh, this is killing me on property tax. Nope, not at all. Not at all, because that TIF district is taking all that and funneling it. The only, only thing the TIF district might hurt is the county and the, and the USD, because, of course, uh, their portion of the property tax is staying with us as long as the TIF district is in effect. And you know with the parking concern there too, I, we talked about potential for paid parking in the parking garage. Honestly, I could see maybe at some point the conversation coming up about parking, paid parking throughout Aggieville. I mean, is that a possibility? Yeah, no, that's definitely part of the destruction. We've always had uh, limited time parking, so that mm-hmm. that aspect of uh, that that license plate recognition program to enforce whether it's hourly or some some type of fee payment system. That's all something. Again, I think as long as we're working on infrastructure and causing disruption in Aggieville, it's not something that we're going to launch into right away uh, because the folks are impacted by by that uh, as well. But as we improve areas uh, and make those opportunities available, that'll certainly be part of the discussion. All right. We have a caller. I'll tell you what, we need to take a break. We'll uh, see if we can hang on through the the break here, and uh, we'll do that next here in the next segment, News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus, News Radio KMAN. Brandon Peoples, Nick McNamara, joined here today by City Manager Ron Fear and Commissioner Wynn Butler here as the City of Manhattan has a meeting tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, we've talked about uh, a lot of the things that will be considered. Uh, we have not talked about item C yet, and that is uh, considering the first reading of an ordinance amending the AmeriCare PUD. And, uh, Ron, tell sure, us Sure, this more is about. Uh, that area that's uh, up in the southwest portion of the community. Their extension of uh, Amherst Avenue and, and Miller Parkway, uh, just uh, south of the new roundabout where those two come together. Uh, this was a PUD for uh, uh, some senior uh, care uh, type facilities from ranging from independent living to assisted care and, and some full care components. Uh, uh, they had laid out their site uh, based on a fairly large gas easement uh, that was going through there. And uh, since then, the gas company has indicated they don't need that easement. So uh, they have uh, uh, abandoned that or in the process of abandoning that. And they want to, uh, so that gives some options for the company to to really kind of rearrange their campus area. And so what was a a mixture of duplexes, threeplexes, and fourplexes, uh, uh, they're able, they're moving some of those around and replacing them with a, uh, I think it's a 12-unit apartment building as well as a community building for their entire campus area. And then they're able to, uh, I think they're converting some threeplexes to fourplexes. So it's not a huge amendment, but, uh, I mean, it's still the the same. But it's enough of a change that uh, it warrants a a PUD amendment to the the process. So uh, we do think it fits in. It's gone through the planning board. Staff planning board do recommend approval. 
All right. So that'll be the other item here on the uh, general agenda here tonight. Uh, as far as consent is concerned. Yeah, there's a couple items on there. We're getting... Uh, uh, we do have the second reading of the ordinance for the adopting the redevelopment plan for the Art and Light Museum is, is on that agenda. Uh, we also have a resolution related to that item. Uh, that's uh, number two on F. Uh, this is uh, authorizing uh, the development team to work with our bond council and start the process of the uh, star bond uh, development and financing uh, for the Art and Light Museum. So this is a situation where the city will actually issue the star bonds uh, because we're required to by the state of Kansas. Uh, it's going to be more like an IRB, though. We, we're not going to have any fiduciary responsibility to retire that debt. Uh, the, the, instead of uh, uh, the bonds will be bought and secured by private investors, uh, and they will have the sole obligations as well as the developer to repay those bonds, uh, not the city. So uh, this starts that process. It's a little bit, uh, the market's been fluctuating a little bit, and they'd less like to get out there and get, get that started uh, uh, while we uh, wrap up the process for the Art and Light Museum. Interest rates are about to go up, I think. Yeah, they've been creeping up, and we do have a, uh, the other things on there. We have a, a general obligation bond sale and trying to sell some temp notes and uh, that they're not they're not huge issues, but uh, we have seen the interest rates creeping up compared to what we've been getting mm. the, the last few years, which has been relatively nothing. So as far as a very low percentage rate, so we're we're uh, anxious to kind of see what those are. Uh, we also have uh, an agreement on there, item G for professional services. Uh, this is an effort uh, that we've, it's kind of related to our North Campus Corridor and a lot of the development that's occurring out there with the athletic facilities as well as the Department, the Kansas uh, Department of Agriculture, uh, K-State Department of Ag on the north side. So one of the things that we're trying to do is uh, uh, catch some of the stormwater that's coming off of those uh, improvements. And uh, they're on the north side, the agronomy Department and the uh, Department of Ag at K-State, as well as the K-State Foundation and the Athletic Department uh, are teaming up with us to, to build some uh, a couple of different detention structures. They financed a, a study for where uh, some of those would go, and uh, there's two of them that would significantly slow the flows towards the Marlette Channel and uh, also some of the improvements over on the south side of Kimball, which now goes through campus and adds to some of the water there east of campus uh, can flow north uh, and be detained in those detention ponds. So it's a it's a really good uh, component, and this is an agreement uh, with uh, BG Consultants to, uh, and $144,000 to uh, start that design services for those improvements and a memorandum of understanding between uh, K-State uh, uh, Department of Agriculture, the K-State uh, uh, Foundation and Athletics in the city. Uh, we're the... the the uh, foundation, the athletics, and the city are splitting those costs uh, one-third each. Uh, and then K-State itself uh, with the agronomy is donating the easements necessary for those uh, uh, storm drainage easements. So I think it's a good project uh, and certainly would lead to uh, hopefully construction of those uh, structures uh, down, down the road. Uh, we do have a bid award for some additional work out at uh, uh, Annenberg Park. The one might remember we had some flood uh, mitigation efforts to dig out and uh, some of the sediment that's gone into the pond there, primarily some of the asphalt millings that used to be on the parking lot. 
Uh, and then this is the process uh, that removes the sediment from the side and around the perimeter that have been deposited. So uh, most of this is being covered by a, a FEMA grant as part of that process. Um, and I think then, oh, the other one that I think would be of interest would be uh, an agreement with the Flint Hills Area Transportation Agency uh, for improvements to the 600 block of Points Avenue. Uh, this would be to uh, create some uh, permanent bus loading and unloading zones on uh, mid-block of that in front of the library and then across the street, also create a mid-block crossing, also create some uh, bulb outs at the uh, 6th Street intersection as well as the Juliet intersection on that uh, uh, east leg, if you will. Uh, right now there's kind of a, a long right-hand turn lane that runs the whole block that people yeah. get trapped in. So this would basically narrow that down to two lanes. So it would extend that traffic pattern similar to what it is downtown uh, from through through Juliet Street. So, uh, again, they've gotten a grant from the Kansas Department of Transportation uh, in the amount of 500 or 654000 uh, and then we would have a local share of about 65000 that can be met be through in-kind as well as uh, some improvements uh, funding out of our special street and highway. But uh, so big, some big infrastructure changes there and create uh, uh, additional angle parking uh, on both sides of the street, on either side of that uh, mid-block crossing, pedestrian crossing. Hmm. All right. Yeah, see, that's unique. We're going to create more parking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I might just ask real quick, I, uh, are we about to have a construction project on this side of town, Casement, sometime? So Casement is in the works. It's been, as far as design is considered, uh, we've done through, I think, a, a 30% design contract. Uh, we think it will qualify for several of the infrastructure grants that uh, might be out there. The, the Probably the more uh, sooner one will be the uh, Hayes Drive sidewalk. So we're looking at building a sidewalk uh, on the east side of Hayes Drive, uh, basically between McCall and Casement. Uh, right now we've got the trail, but uh, uh, certainly that uh, is a is a need for the community, and that's something that uh, we'll have a piece of that on, I think, the first meeting in May uh, with the school district and some work that they're doing there. So uh, that's, uh, that's the only one, I think, other than maintenance. We've got a lot of maintenance starting to come up. Potholes are starting to show up mm -hmm. and joint failures and a few other things. So we're get, getting into that uh, time where we'll try and let some contracts for some, some street maintenance work, which is another work session that's coming up towards the end of May. And well, I saw your joint maintenance facilities going up. It's, it is. You see the walls now, and it's a little further to the west than I thought it was going to be. So uh, now I know exactly where it's at. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, uh, it's certainly good to talk with you here today. And, uh, and congratulations on all the success here the last couple of weeks. It's been a lot of ribbon cuttings and a lot of uh, big announcements and uh, Hopefully more good things to come for Manhattan. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brandon. That's going to do it for our show here today. Coming up tomorrow, we'll speak with uh, USD 383, and uh, we've got uh, a preview of an event uh, coming up at K-State and uh, Fort Riley graduation, also going to be discussed tomorrow. As a reminder, City Commission meeting tonight, 7 p.m., following a 5.30 p.m. briefing session. You can check that out on Cox Cable Channel 3. It's also live-streamed at cityofmhk.com slash TV. Thanks for listening.